Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Good morning. We are glad you're here this morning. Uh, Pastor's camping, if you follow him on Facebook. Fishing and having a good time, and so I got the honor of speaking this morning. Ashley, he asked me, do you want to go camping? I can get Paul to preach, and I said, no, I've been preaching a while, and uh, I like getting up here and getting behind the pulpit and uh, and uh, doing the Lord's work up here and, and so on. So uh, I, I went camping, which, you know, gets a little chilly out there anyway, so... Anyway, you got me this morning. We're talking about faith this morning. I read the scripture about uh, King Jotham, King Uzziah, and, and uh, what went on in their lives and so on. We're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. In Eugene Peterson's uh, book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, he writes this. He says, It is not difficult in our world to get a person interested in the message of the gospel. It is terrifically difficult to sustain that interest. Millions of people in our culture make decisions for Christ, but there is a dreadful attrition rate. Many claim to have been born again, but the evidence for mature Christian discipleship is slim. In our kind of culture, anything, even news about God, can be sold if it is packaged freshly. But when it is loose, but when it loses its novelty, it goes in the garbage heap. There is a great market for religious experience in our world. There is little enthusiasm for the patient acquisition of virtue little inclination to sign up for a long apprenticeship in what earlier Christians called holiness. And I find this sad that we have developed Christianity into a light show. Okay? And, and so on. And people come and they, they're all on fire for it. And when the novelty wears off, they move on to something else. King Jotham lived a life of faith, a faith that set him apart, a faith that was steady and determined. And today, we're going to look at these six verses I read earlier on the reign of King Jotham and see what we can learn about living a life of faith. But before we go any further, let's pray and just ask the Lord to be with us today, His hand on us, that He touches our hearts and help us to live out a life of faith. Heavenly Father, again, we thank You. We're honored to be here in Your house today, Lord. And I just pray that You would speak to our hearts. Help us to set everything else aside in our mind and our heart and focus on You this morning, Lord. We just pray. We just pray, Lord, that You would lead and guide us in obedience and faith to You, Lord. There's so many other things, so many other things going on in our lives and, and so, much to be, uh, so many other things to be focused on, Lord. I just pray You'd help us to focus, speak to our hearts, be with us this morning. Sit with us this morning. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Faith begins with obedience. Doing what you're supposed to do. That's what obedience is. You're told to do something, you do it. God's Word tells us to do certain things. It's, they're, not, they're not requests. It's not suggestions. He tells us to do certain things. And we're to be obedient. And if we're not obedient, there's a price to pay. And we see that all through God's Word of 
the Jews, uh, Christians, and so on, being disobedient to God, some some being put to death, some suffering disease, and so on, as we'll see about uh, King Uzziah here. But faith begins with obedience. In verse 2, it says, He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Wow! Would that not be great for that to be said of us? We did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. What a great testimony of a man. During this U.S. Civil War, Abraham Lincoln met with a group of ministers for a prayer breakfast. That still goes on today, our government having prayer breakfast and so on. Lincoln was a man of deep, if at times, unorthodox faith. But at one point, one of the ministers said, Mr. President, let us pray that God is on our side. Lincoln's response showed far greater insight. He said, no, gentlemen, let us pray that we are on God's side. If we want to know what God wants us to do, then we must first strive to live a life of obedience to Him. It's not about what we want. It's not about the direction we're going. It's what God wants and the direction He wants us to go. And we have to be obedient to that if we're going to bask (laughs) in the blessings if He's going to bless our lives, if He's going to bless our walk with Him, we have to be obedient. A life of faith must be have a beginning. It must have a point of origin. Remember back, if you can, I, you know, Pastor, he always has a... He knows when he was saved, when he gave his life to the Lord. And I try to remember back, okay, well, I got saved at a young age. Of course, I grew up and grew away from the Lord. Okay, and in that time, since I gave my life to the Lord, and I back I've kind of forgotten my salvation experience. You know? But look back. That is, that is your point of origin. When you accepted Christ as your, as your Savior, your, your walk of faith started there. Now, whether you stayed on that path, and, and, and I pace a lot, so just bear with me <laughs> back and forth. But it, whether you stay on that path or not is another story in that path of obedience. And there was a point in King Jotham's life when he decided not to follow in his father's footsteps. He became prideful. And as his father Uzziah did late in his reign as king of Judah. There must be a point in our lives when we say, I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. Lord, I will follow you. And I know today, more than any other time in history, there's so much. We're bombarded with so many things. Um, at work, uh, at recreation, at home, there's TV, there's, uh, we're being pulled in a hundred different ways. And there's so many things in our lives that can get us off track, pull us off track. And a lot of them are good things, okay? But they still pull us off track. They, they, they uh, uh, take our obedience away from God. We need to be not worried about being on our side. We need to be worried about being on God's side. A walk of faith, a life of faith begins with obedience. The choice that we are faced with every day, do I follow God or do I conform to this world and live like the world expects me to live? You know, I work on base and many of you are military Retired military, associated with the military in some way, all right? But in our office, we've got nine people, nine guys in there, and it gets dicey at times. And me being the joker I am, and people setting themselves up for jokes and stuff like that, somebody will say something, 
And they'll know that that's, there's a joke coming, but they'll always look at me. Somebody will say something, they'll look at me like, okay, what's, what's he going to say now? What's, what, what's, what's going to be the, the, the sharp quip that, that uh, John comes off with? I tell you, it's hard to overcome that. It's a target-rich environment. <laughs> but, but we've got to be careful that we don't fall into those traps that's going to lead us away from where God wants us to be. We, we don't want to fall in those traps that are going to lead us away from being a representative of Christ, being that example. Because face it, we are the only example that most people will ever see of Christ. You know, and in this, in, in this day and age of communication, TV, radio, satellites, uh, uh, Facebook, you'd be surprised at the number of people that have never heard the gospel. They know about God, they know about Jesus, but they have never heard the gospel. They don't know Jesus died for their sins. Wow! In this day and age, it's unbelievable. And if we're to walk a life of faith and obedience to God, it's our job. We're the ones, you know, all the pastors up there, he's telling people, it's your job. I don't know the people you know. It's up to you to tell them about Christ. It's up to you to tell them the gospel. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's got a will for your life. He, he, has, he, he sees the big picture. He sees where He wants you to go. Okay? And I like to think, from me to where He wants me to go is a straight line, but it's not. It's up, down, it zigzags, it goes through valleys and over mountaintops. Let me tell you this, the Appalachian Trail has nothing on the will of God for your life. I know, I've been there. <laughs> and the Appalachian Trail was brutal. Okay, God's will for your life can be brutal. The path that you have to walk sometimes isn't easy. It's easier to do what you want to do. But that's not obedience. That's not what God wants for you. So, let me back up a little bit. If you're writing it down and... and uh, see, the thing Pastor has over me is I, I, don't, I don't really have a computer where I can go and do slides. So, a lot of times I just have a hand fill a copy of my sermon and he's, he's ad-libbing as we go. So, I apologize that, for that. So, uh, you're going to get limited there because he's busy back there doing, that, doing those things that uh, the sound booth does. So, uh, your first point was faith begins with obedience if you're writing things down. If not, that's fine. It's on the, uh, I think they're recording it as well. But the second thing is faith is strengthened by other people's faith. That's why I come to church. Okay? I come to church because I love you. I come to church because I want to be around you. I come to church because you strengthen me. And I pray even a little bit, I strengthen you. Just, just the fact that encouragement, a hug, a, shake, a handshake, a hug around the neck, it, it's encouraging. And that's why we come together, because other people's faith strengthens our faith. Verse 2, just as his father Uzziah had done. Uzziah, Jotham's father, early in his reign, was a very successful king. We read on the account of his reign the same words that describe Jotham's reign in 2 Chronicles 26.4. He did what was right 
in the eyes of the Lord. And oh, for that to be said about any one of us, that we did right in the eyes of the Lord. And there's no doubt that Jotham saw early in his father's reign that living a life of faith should look like, or what it should look like. There's no doubt that he saw how the favor of God rested on his father as long as he, listen to this, remained obedient to the Lord. That's a key. That's a key, remaining obedient to God and what He has in store for us. We, a lot of times, when there's a decision to be made, we think it's our decision. I'm telling you, the decision's already been made. Are we going to be obedient to that decision? Whatever that would be for, in your life. Okay? We've got different households here, different people, everybody doing different things. I don't know what that looks like for you. You do, though. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Proverbs 27, 17 and a lot of you men will know this verse, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. My faith is strengthened by your faith. Sometimes it's, well, if they could do it, I could do it. And I pray you say that, well, if John Pratt can do it, I surely can do it. And if you knew me, you'd know how truthful that statement is right there. A walk of faith should be strengthened by others in two ways. By their faith successes. Now, we all have faith. We all have times in our life when we're obedient. We do exactly what God's Word says we're supposed to be doing. It feels good. That's a mountaintop experience right there, I'm telling you. You feel good. You're encouraged. Other people will come up and, and sharpen you. They'll slap you on the back and say, Good job. Man, you're a strong Christian. King Jotham, no doubt, saw the success of his father, King Uzziah. He had in his reign as long as he was faithful and obedient to God. I believe he learned a valuable life lesson. As long as I am walking in obedience and faith to God, then God will honor me. Now this is back in the Old Testament. But the same holds true today. As long as we walk in obedience to God, He will honor you. He will bless you. He will make that, that path. Remember I said it was worse than the uh, Appalachian Trail? He'll make that path a little bit easier for you. A walk of faith should be strengthened by others. One by their faith successes. Another by their faith failures. Now let's face it. Face it. Let's face it. Let's face it. Let's face it. Sometimes we have those successes in life, Right? Sometimes we have those failures. And now I'll tell you, those faith failures is really when we really need each other. When we really need that hug around the neck, that handshake, that arm around our shoulder. It says it's okay. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Because, you know what? I know God forgives. You know? I know he's forgiven me. I'm born again. I've accepted Christ as my Savior. My sins are forgiven. Not that I'm sinless, but the sins are forgiven. What I need is your forgiveness. And that's one of the things I see in churches today throughout the entire world is that lack of Christian. And when I say Christian, Christians, born-again believers, I see that lack of forgiveness from the people that we come face-to-face with on a daily basis. 
And I'm not talking to people who work and the non-believers and people out there. I'm talking about people that you see in church on Sunday morning and the lack of forgiveness there. And I'm not, I'm not pointing finger. I'm just saying it's there. You go to other... I've been, been privy to some churches that... Wow. We see it all the time, that lack of Christian forgiveness. If God can forgive us, we can forgive each other. It's part of, part of that... Part of that faith walk. But unfortunately, back to here, the faith failure. Uh, unfortunately, Uzziah didn't always do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, Jotham's father. In Second Chronicles 26, 16, it says, But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. And we see that a lot through the uh, Word of God. Pride taking hold and a king or a person of God falling. And it happens today as well. But he was unfaithful to the Lord his God. He entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Now if you know, read up on the temple, only the priests were allowed to go in to so far and, and so on. And, and so uh, Uzziah was doing something he really shouldn't have been doing. You may think, well, what's so bad about that? He went to the church, he burned incense. Many people do that today. Yeah, in some churches they do that. Okay. But we have to go back and put ourselves in that culture and know what God, know that God had certain rules for the temple. And God said in Numbers chapter 18, said, I myself have selected your fellow Levites from among the Israelites as a gift to you, dedicated to the Lord to do the work of the tent of meeting. But only you and your sons may serve as priests in connection with everything that the alt, uh, at the altar and inside the curtain. I am giving you the service of the priesthood as a gift. Anyone else, listen to this, anyone else who comes near the sanctuary must be put to death. Now that curtain that he's talking about is the curtain of Holy of Holies that was ripped in two when Christ died on the cross. Remember that? Okay. Now we're able to come that far. The priests don't do it for us. We can do it ourselves. We can come kneel at, at, at God's feet at the altar, and we can do all that work ourselves. But back then, the priest had to do it. And Uzziah was doing the job of the priest. And it was in terrible disobedience to what God had laid out. Every Jew knew the rules uh, for the temple. They had to be able to memorize and quote the first five books of the Bible. King Uzziah knew he was being dis disobedient to God, but he let pride. I'm the king, I can do what I want. That pride come in front of doing what was right. And no doubt his pride caused him to question the very word of God. And that does it for us today too, right? Our pride, we, we question the, God's book says something and we're supposed to be doing it, right? We're supposed to be obedient. But we know better because we're so far advanced, more advanced than what they were in the Old Testament, right? And we say, oh, I, I know what to do. I, I can do this better. Pride wells up in us. Uh, whew, look at me. Pride wells up in us and, and, and we go and do something that we're not supposed to do. Luckily, we don't live back then because guess what? That was a death sentence. King Jotham saw how his father disobeyed God. And in essence, had the throne ripped from him that day. Because as we read further down in Uzziah the king's account, after the priests approached him, right? He said, King, you, you can't do that. You can't come in here. He got angry. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> he got angry, right? And, and he, he basically verbally attacked the priest. And in 2 Chronicles 26, 19, it says, Uzziah, who had a censer. Now, if you don't know, a censer is a, a round pot with holes in it, and that's what they had the incense in. You see it in the Catholic Church today, the, the priests and the altar boys walking with it. Okay, That's what a censer is. Uh, but he had the censer in his hand, ready to burn incense, and he became angry. And while he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, where he shouldn't have been, leprosy broke out on his forehead. I believe that was also a life lesson for his son, Jotham. Because Jotham had some of the same successes that his father had. He had reasons to be prideful. He he could have been proud of of the successes that he had. But he learned an important lesson that day. 2 Chronicles 27.2 says, But unlike him, he did not enter the Lord's or the temple of the Lord. He didn't go in there. He didn't do what his father did. Okay? And I believe that Jotham remained a humble king, serving under the lordship of Almighty God, and he allowed his dad's faith failure to strengthen his own walk of faith. Now, I've got two young strapping boys, and, and, uh, Cody, and I've told the story. Cody used to always get, get on us. You're so much harder on me than you are, Jake. Okay? Well, there's a reason for that. Because Cody would get, do things, get in trouble, and Jake would stand back and see, oh, I better not do that. So he wouldn't do it. So he wouldn't get in trouble as much. Right? Well, that's what Jotham did with his father. He saw his father getting in trouble. And he said, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to learn from example. We should do that. We, we, we can learn from our successes. And we can also learn from uh, each other's failures as well. Third point. Faith will set you apart. In verse 2, but unlike him, he did not enter the temple of the Lord. The people, however, continued their corrupt practices. Now, you, you, you read the Old Testament, and the Jews were always on again, off again with the Lord, and, and so on. And, and uh, they developed some corrupt practices and so on. But, but Jotham stayed faithful to the Lord. And in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, King Jotham continued his walk of faith. We look at our generation today. We look at the way the world is going today. It is ruthless. It is wicked. We can still remain obedient to God. We can still do what God's Word has told us to do. It's obedience. Ah, but it's different today. No, it's not. God's Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't change. And guess what? We're not supposed to change. We might do some adjustment in the way we minister to people and so on. they didn't have video uh, screens and, and iPads and stuff way back. Now we do. So we use it. We use Facebook and, and uh, the Internet. Okay? We adapt, but we still maintain those principles that are laid out in God's Word. We are, we're obedient, or we do our best to be obedient to those things. Not only did he not follow in his father's footsteps but he also didn't allow the prevailing culture of the day to persuade his walk with the Lord. That is so important that we don't let those we work with, good people, I work with some great people, but not all of them know the Lord is their Savior. Not all of them act like that. 
Okay? We can't let what they want. We can't let their expectations sway us. We can't let their expectations of, of what they want us to do act as a rudder in our lives and force us to go where they want us to go, do what they want us to do. We have to stay true to God's Word and what He wants us to do. We have to remain obedient. This is a powerful message for everybody in our day and time because we're living in a crooked and very perverse generation. And many people are doing what the Scripture says in Romans 1.25. They exchange the truth of God for a lie. Wow. I, I can cite so many examples of this. Church upon church upon church. Christian upon Christian upon... Christian upon Christian... Uh, spewing out perverted Scripture, twisted Scripture, and so on. I'm telling you, this is a warning. You need to be careful of what you're reading, and you need to bounce it off God's Holy Word before you take it into your life and use it as a pathway uh, to what you might believe is obedience. Because unless it comes from God's Word, word for word, I would question it. There's so many things. The truth, just a little bit twisted, can lead you off the path. You need to be as the Bereans were. You need to, you need to study the Scripture. Even what I'm saying. Even what I'm saying. And you need to get in there and you need to say, okay, alright, that looks pretty good. Eh? You know? But... You, but you don't take my word for it. You, you know what? As much as I trust Pastor John, we don't take his word for it. We, we make sure that he stays true. We make sure that who's ever in this pulpit stays true and is, is telling you what saith the Lord. Because if we don't, we could be let off straight. And then, then the, 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 the community looks at Victory Church as one of those churches. And I don't ever want that to happen. For me personally, for you personally, or for this church, to become one of those ministries that tickles ears and tells people what they want to hear. But it's as far from the truth as can possibly be. Okay? You might hear some things in here that you just dislike. Okay? You, I'm not going to say it. You might agree with some things going on in our world today that, that I'm sorry, the Bible speaks 110% against. Guess what? Then we're 110% against it. It's obedience to God's Word. It's not obedience to what, how we feel. Oh, look at those poor people. No, they're living a godless life. And if that's the case, we, we, we call it like it is. We're obedient to God's Word. That's, that's our standard. And if we as believers and followers of Jesus will truly live holy lives, and that means abstaining from the things of this world, living a life not characterized by religion, but by love, and love for the lost, love for the dying, love for your fellow believers, then we'll be set apart. We will be set apart. God will bless us. God will lead and guide us. We just have to be obedient to that. Jotham's story will be our story. It'll say, but unlike the world, he continued their corrupt practice. <laughs> Let me start over. <laughs> Jotham's story will be like our, our, our story. It will say, but unlike the world, who continued in their corrupt practices, John did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Terry did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Put your name in that spot. 
And that will be said of you. Yeah, the whole crowd, they wanted to go to the bar and party. But no, I can't do that. That's not me. John did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Whatever. We're not, we're not to be like the world. We're in it, but we don't have to be of it. Things to think about. Living a life of faith will set you apart. Number four, faith will cause you to serve God and others. And that, 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 that's the meat right there. Serving God, serving others. We're to, we're to serve each other. A lot, of, and I, I'm guilty of it too. We go into church and we say, "Okay, well, Miss Terry, she's a strong Christian. She's been here since the beginning. Okay, uh, uh, they're strong. They're strong. Okay, so I don't really need to serve them. Let's see, who can I serve? I can serve you. I can serve you. Okay. No, you serve every as a born again believer, as a Christian in Victory Church or any other church, the church. You're to serve people the, from the strongest Christian because you know what, Pastor." And being privy to his, some of his trials and tribulations, he has he needs served, being served too. He needs he needs a shoulder to cry on. He needs somebody to come up and pat him on the back and say, "Good job, brother," or "Hey, you know this or that." Even even the strongest needs served. So we 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 don't pick and choose. We serve everybody. We serve God. We serve everybody. Verses 3 and 4, Jotham rebuilt the upper gate of the temple of the Lord and did extensive work on the wall at the hill of Ophel. He built towns in the Judean hills and forts and towers in wooded areas. He served people. And when this passage begins to tell of all the exploits and the things that King Jotham did during his reign, one of the first things he did was repair the temple of the Lord. Okay? Yeah, this temple is subject to decay and falling down. And that's why we have Saturday work mornings, okay? And it, it, you do your best to get out here. And even if you stayed 15, 20 minutes and you showed your face and, and you picked a weed or swung an axe once or twice and you did something, okay, to help out or you took the trash out or emptied the trash. And I'm talking, speaking to each and every person here this morning. Okay, we do as, as, as Jotham did. We, we serve others. We... we Repair the temple of the Lord. That's a good place. That's a good place to start. You want to serve? You don't have to. You don't have to lead a, a ministry or anything. You can serve by uh, cleaning the windows on the front doors. I hate that. <laughs> that is the worst job. But <laughs> those big round windows out there, you could take that on as a as a full time job. I'm telling you, they they get dirty, and and I won't touch them. I it's too hard to get up there. But anyway, there's places to serve here and serve others. And you would be serving me if you did those windows because then I wouldn't have to when it was my turn to clean. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, we serve others. And Jotham did just that. He built the, rebuilt the gate. A life of faith will cause you to want to serve God. The more you get into God's Word, the more you serve, the more you want to serve. There's, there's, there's the, the trick, though. And I don't even know what time it is, God. I'm not even paying attention. We got a little bit of time. Okay? The trick is though is those that serve want to serve more. Here it is. They serve until they get so burnt out. And then that religion, that that, that their their zeal for God goes on the goes on the waste pile and they move on to something else because they're tired. 
happens a lot. You know how many, you know how many congregations Victory Church has had? A lot. I can, I can, <laughs> Terry, Terry's laughing and nodding her head. I can think of four or five full congregations where, where you know, one or two of you may have been there from, and from the very beginning, 90, 1999, but we've gone through a lot of people. Why? Some of them just, you know, this or that moved on, whatever the case. But I can think of a few that got in victory, and man, they were strong. They just got in there, worked. They were there. When the doors were open, they were here. And they got burned out. And you look at these empty chairs. Now, I know a lot of people are out doing what they're doing, but, but a lot of these empty chairs could have been filled by them, but they got burned out. They did so much. And they left. They moved on. And many, many of them are at other churches. I, I, we visit here and there, and, and you see them in the pews and so on. Hey, how you doing? But, but it's important that we get busy for God, that we get involved. But watch out. There's a fine line you walk when you get to that point that you don't get burned out. And if you feel yourself getting burned out, and it's possible, you don't think Pastor Pastor John's been here since 1999. You don't think he gets tired from time to time. You you, you guys you guys don't. There you go. You don't quit. You press on. You press on. You go camping. You get an associate pastor to preach for you, right? Paul and I have. Have, we go down south. We, we preach at many churches around the area so those pastors can take a Sunday off so they don't get burned out, so they don't quit. Because that's what it is. It's about staying strong to the very end. I have absolutely zero doubt in my mind, in my heart of hearts, that Christ is coming back very soon. Now, this isn't Paul in the New Testament saying Christ is coming back soon. This is John Pratt in 2016 saying... Christ is coming back soon. I'm, I'm here to tell you. Now, it might, it might be a hundred more years, but I'm telling you what. It's still sooner than Paul when Paul said it, right? <laughs> but he, I feel he's coming back sooner than that. I really do. I'm not a date setter by any means, but you just look at the signs of the times, and that's what we're told to do. I'm sorry. We need, to be about, we need to be obedient. We need to be about God's business and doing what he told us to do. And what was that? Spread the gospel. You've got friends, you've got family, and I'm talking to eat. I'm looking in everybody's eyes if I can. You've got friends and family that are dying and going to a devil's hell. Well, I don't believe in hell. Well, then you're wrong because there is a devil's hell and people are going to burn for eternity. I know that's strong, okay? But sometimes that's what we need. People are going to burn for eternity. They're not going to burn and die, die and you know burn up. They're going to live for eternity in a devil's hell because we didn't tell them about Christ. We didn't present the gospel to them. Yep. And on that day, on that, at that great white throne judgment, when they separate the goat and the sheep, guess what? They're going to look us in the eye. Why? Why? Why didn't you tell me? All you had to do was say it. At least give me a chance to turn it down. And we've never done that. Why? Well, they won't think I'm cool. They won't think I'm funny anymore. They'll think I'm a Christian crackpot. I tell you, on that day, 
I'd rather them be standing beside me than in front of me. Faith will cause you to serve God and others. I'm telling you, serve others. At the very least, present the gospel to them. Last one. Sorry, I'm going along with it. Faith will bring you closer to God. I encourage you. I encourage you. Get in God's Word. Get with each other. Become close to God. It says in His Word, if you draw, if you draw close to Him, He's going to draw closer to you. You all, most of you, all of you have heard the the uh, the old man, and old lady driving down the road in, in his old like forty truck, right? And he's sitting there, you know, and he's driving big old steering wheel, and and his little old wife sitting all the way across the the truck at the, on the other door right there, and she says, you know, when we started dating, we we always sat right next to each other. And now, you're over there and I'm over here. And he looked at her and said, I haven't moved. Sometimes we do that with God. We start out when we accept Christ as our Savior, and we're right there. I mean, we're, you know, hand on the shifter, we're driving, and our sweet little girl's right there beside us, guys. And then as we get older and so on, start scooting pretty soon. As far as our relationship with God, we're at the we're at the, over here at the door, and God's driving. I encourage you get get in there, get closer, grow close to Him. He'll grow close to you. Verse six: Jotham grew powerful because he walked steadfastly before the Lord his God. You, let me tell you, let me let me tell you some Pratt history here. You know. We've not always been the smartest raising our kids financially and so on, okay? Uh, religiously, even after I got, you know, it's been an extreme growing process for Penny and I. Uh, but I tell you, some of, these, some of those basics, just some of the basic Christian stuff you learn when you first get saved, uh, and pastor preaches on them, tithing and just those basic things. You come in church and you do here at church, and some are faithful, some aren't faithful to it, and so on. But I'm telling you, as you tithing, we've never. I, I'm going I'm to be truthful with you. We didn't always tithe ten percent because we felt we couldn't pay our bills if we did that, and that goes back to a bunch of bad decisions years ago. But I'm telling you, when we buckled down and we were able to do, and that's obedience, guys. It's obedience. Tithing is obedience. Okay? And, and I don't want I don't want to say that, you know, we're you know, but good night the freedom. That's just one example, you know? Our kids. I look at our our Cody and Jake and I and I, you know, growing up, yeah, being a parent is hard. And making some of those decisions and, and so on is hard. But they're, they're 29 and 30. Last night, Jake, uh, Jake's going to McKendree. It's his senior year. He's 29 years old. And uh, they had a, he's a sports athletic trainer. And he, they went to Indianapolis for a game. And they're coming back. Well, he had his Jeep in the shop. So I had to go pick him up last night at 1 o'clock in the morning. Okay? And so I'm sitting there and... and uh, he comes out and he said he puts his stuff in the truck. He says, "I got to go put stuff away." 
and I'll be right back. So he goes away, and his, his uh, proctor, the head girl there, is a female, and he says, hey, i got to go. He said, my, my dad's waiting for me. And she goes, oh, isn't that sweet, you know? But, but I, I told him, I said, you know, me being 53 years old and you 29, and I'm still picking you up from school functions, <laughs> you know? Raising kids can be difficult, but, but you do the best you can. And on that other end of it, and I'm seeing it today, and we're reaping those benefits of Christian young men raising their families in Christ, in church, doing what they're supposed to be doing. Awesome. Whew. Let me move on. <laughs> the scripture says he walks steadfastly before the Lord is God. I like to read other translations, but when I study the scriptures, I believe the message captures the essence of this verse when it reads Jotham's strength was rooted in his steady and determined life of obedience to God. Our walk, we ask God to lead and guide our steps. Our walk needs to be rooted in God's word. And we need to be steadfast. That's the essence of a life of faith. Steady and determined. Steady the scriptures. Steady and determined. My prayer life. Steady and determined. I'm gonna, the band wants to come up and start playing. I'm about wrapping it up here. Telling the lost about the salvation through Jesus Christ alone. Steady and determined. My attendance in church on the Lord's Day. That's Sunday. Steady and determined. My love for fellow believers, my love for you, steady and determined. So what about you and I this morning? Are we living that life of faith that is faith in Jesus Christ? Is it faith in Jesus Christ or is it faith in something else? Like I said earlier, we all have faith. Is it in Jesus Christ? Because I know you have faith in that chair. Like I said earlier, that, the faith that that chair is going to hold you up. Or do we have faith in our lifestyle? The lifestyle we may be living. The lifestyle we want versus the lifestyle God is calling us into. What are you steady and determined for? And only you can judge that for yourselves. And this morning, by this message from God's Word, faith in Jesus has a point of origin. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior this morning, this is where that walk of faith could start for you. This, is, this could be your point of origin. If you know Christ as your Savior and you've not been living, you've not been living that life of faith, that life of obedience that God has called you into, this morning could be that point of origin. And as always, it's your decision. I don't make it for you. The person next to you, your spouse, your friend doesn't make it for you. You make that decision. You make the decision to be obedient to God or to not be obedient to God. You want those blessings that are laid up for you in heaven? And I'm telling you, they're there. We experience them daily. I'm not a name it. You know, some of those churches, yeah, you, you, you say, you name it. You say you want a Cadillac, you pray for it, you'll get it. I'm not one of those guys. I'm one of those guys that am learning by trial and error unfortunately, okay, that just by being obedient to God, you'll get those blessings. I'm not saying you're going to get a Cadillac. I'm not saying you're getting a new house. 
I'm not one of those people, but those blessings. You know what? That mountaintop experience, just to feel good, woo, you know? That's what I'm talking about, that blessing, just that peace of mind. To me, that is the best blessing that God can give me is just peace of mind knowing that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Where are you this morning? What camp do you fall into? Are you being faithful to Christ or are you being faithful to something else? Make that decision this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for speaking to our hearts today, Lord. All I can do is say these words. I can read out this scripture, Lord, but only you can truly speak to hearts this morning, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, if there's somebody here this morning that doesn't know you as their Savior, that they start this morning, they make that decision, that this becomes their point of origin, that they start that walk today. Lord, I look around, I see many family here this morning, many fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. If there's someone, one of them, Lord, that possibly hasn't been living in strict obedience to you, Lord, I just pray you speak to their hearts. Strength, give them strength, give them courage, because it takes courage. Give them direction, lead and guide their steps. Back to the, someone that may not know Christ as your Savior. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, it's a simple prayer. It's no more than saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I pray that you come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. That's a simple prayer. I pray that you pray that prayer. If you did, I would ask that you put that on your your connection card this morning. Let us know. Let us celebrate with you. Let us walk that path with you. It's an important decision. I'm going to pray. I'm going to turn it over to Jared. He's going to dismiss you from there. Don't walk out those doors this morning without making a decision. It could possibly be the biggest decision you have ever made in your entire life. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you again. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to to come into your house and hear what you have to say. Lord, I thank you for the words that you've given me to say. I pray they didn't fall on deaf ears. I pray that you would help them make that 12-inch trip from the brain to the heart. Give those here this morning strength and courage to make those hard decisions, to follow you in obedience as King Jotham did. I pray that you go with us this morning, be with us throughout this week, bring us back here next week, where we'll make another decision for you. We love you, we praise you. We thank you for all your many blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. 
We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois. 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.